we've got some phenomenal people in our industry. Not not the leadership that's here, but I mean the the, the guys right now who who get to work at what four thirty in the morning, right? And they and they go home at eleven o'clock at night and they work hard grind. that grind. whole time. They grind, right? And and if I can have half the work ethic those guys do, then then I think I can succeed. Oil and gas makes modern life possible. The energy the world requires today and tomorrow will come from decisions made in the oil field today. Oil and gas will remain the leading source of fuel to power affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, clean, storable, and transportable power. The Oilfield 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. United Airlines. As Houston's hometown airline, United has long been the preferred carrier of the energy sector. United for Business offers a range of programs and discounted travel options built for all of your energy, resource, and marine travel needs. Get started at united.com business. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, one of the largest and most experienced energy investment banking firms in the industry, offering M&A advisory, capital markets execution, and investment research. For more information, please visit simmonspsc.com. Prang & Associates, the global energy search leader. Prang & Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3,600 engagements. For more information, please visit prang.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in-basin research you can trust a leading provider of U.S. oilfield research, known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach, as well as its famous barbecue events. Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oilfield professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for information. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly different. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com. This is Aaron Marquez with Fletch Azul Tequila, saying hello from the Thrive Energy Conference here from the temporary studio at Minute Maid Park. It's a slight upgrade from the regular studio, but this is uh, temporary. I uh, definitely would like to welcome Marshall, Marshall Dodson with Key, Josh and David. It's all yours. Welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast. We are coming to you from the Minute Maid uh, Park 
for the Thrive Energy Conference. You just heard uh, our friend of the program, Aaron Marquez, introduce us. Uh, he was a couple suites down, and we had him come over and uh, get us going on today's podcast. Today is a great episode. We are, as I mentioned, at the Thrive Energy Conference from Minute Maid Park. I am joined uh, by the co-host extraordinaire, Mr. David DeRode. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you doing, partner? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, this is, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. We are, uh, we've got our guests sitting here in the middle. We are in a, uh, a suite up at the ballpark, which is sweet, all pun intended. And we are surrounded by our friends of the industry. Um, this is the first show back in about 12 months for the energy business. So the, the, just the energy is electric. Like yes. everybody's in a good mood. A lot of pinup stories that uh, people have been waiting to tell and see everybody and get out of the house. And, uh, yes. Had to, had to bar the doors. Yeah, it, it, we really did. There was, we had to limit the number of people in. And, uh, you know, it wasn't to be rude, but the, the stadium and the city have COVID <coughs> restrictions. So those of you who tried to get in and didn't, I promise you it wasn't to be rude. It was just the way the, uh, the situation was this year. Next year, we're going to do this again. It'll be at least five times the size. Um, you know, I, honestly, I could keep going because you know I love to hear myself talk. And we're wearing headphones today. Yeah. which are my favorite because it, it just puts my voice back into my head even quicker. <laughs> and you don't like that at all. I love it. <laughs> I love it. The voice you just heard pop in there is one of our friends that we have been trying to get on for a while. Uh, he is truly, you're going to love this episode. I hope you listen to the whole way through. Uh, Mr. Marshall Dotson with Key Energy. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You, uh, you grabbed me out of the crowd. So... Well, that's what we do. We just stand by the bathroom. Whoever comes out. Just... <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm thrilled to be here. Good. And, and I'm thrilled to be at this conference. Like you said, it's been, uh, it's been a long time since we've been able to uh, have an industry get together. And so it's been a lot of fun seeing friends we haven't seen in a long time. Doesn't it sound good to hear your voice in, the, in your earphones? I, I hate the sound of my voice. Oh, man. So... We, we got to hang around each other more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes it hard sometimes. So we're, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about something serious in a minute. But so David is next to us. For, we're on YouTube, so you can check us out on Oilfield 360 on YouTube as well. But if you're not, and you're just uh, listening to us in your car, uh, David is standing next to us. He looks, you know, well put together as usual, but he's, he's got this headset on. And David's a big guy. David's, what are you, about 6'4"? I used to be. Yeah. I got too fat. <laughs> I'm shrinking. <laughs> he's still a big guy. He's a big guy. He's tall, and uh, he looks like a an NFL announcer with this headset on, yeah, doesn't no, he? He's, he's going to be giving color commentary on the speakers down below so yeah. when, they, when they put it on the TV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only thing I'm missing is a big, you know, Windsor knotted tie, double Windsor knotted tie. And so anyways, uh, but uh, I see Josh, as, uh, as usual, you never fail. You're, you're, you're dressed, uh, dressed pretty well today. You I got appreciate the, it. You got the fancy shoelaces. Yeah. Yes, he, he does wear these outside of the studio, folks, but, amazingly. But, but, but his socks. But, but the, y'all socks. Both of y'all have matching socks almost. Got pump jacks. I've you got, got a, pump jacks. and job, and, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a frack job. Yeah. Yeah. Case, well, or a casing job. I mean, literally, we could teach school kids, uh, <laughs> you know, about... Uh, about geology. Yeah. And how, geology. To, how to frack. And, yeah. You know, artificial lift. You Some know. cement jobs. I mean, you know, yeah. we've got everything going on there. Well, listen, I... It, we are at the Thrive Energy Conference for, by the way, that ice you hear in the background is uh, Fletch Azul Tequila. We mm. are, the entire event is sponsored that's by- That's water. Oh, that's water. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. With a little tequila. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Fletch Azul is one of the sponsors here. John Daniel, uh, our good friend of the program, uh, has put together the Thrive Energy Conference, and this thing is amazing. It, it is really amazing. is, folks. Uh, I, I think he said 400 partner companies at some point, about 1,000 attendees, uh, they've got the entire lower level of Minute Maid Park with exhibits 
and then they have speakers going on in the train station, if you're familiar with that setup. Uh, and then they have the, the, all the presentations going out on the big screen. Right. So just everyone's socially, truly socially it, it, distanced. It, it, it's a great venue because people can spread out. If someone wants to just sit by themselves in the stands and listen to the speakers, they can do that. I've, I've been very impressed by the, uh, by the safety protocols around the virus here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's impressive. Very good. And, and the other nice thing, too, is we've got folks down in the Diamond parking lot, you know, ex exposing uh, their equipment. Yeah, a lot of big frack equipment, electric frack. Um, you know, obviously, and we're going to maybe touch on some ESG here in a minute, but the show is built about, or this is the Thrive Energy Conference, and this is, anybody in our industry knows that we've, you know, we're going through a transition. We've been through a just very difficult 13 months here for not just oil and gas, but the entire world. Uh, and you know, the companies that came out of 2020 had to come out different and more ESG focused and more, you know, just they had to be smarter companies. And leaner. So, and leaner. And all, yeah, yeah, sadly, much leaner. Um, but you have a lot of these companies that are showing off new equipment out in the parking lot. It's really, it, it's kind of a mini OTC is what it looks like out there, maybe early days of OTC. So, yeah, again, those of you who are uh, listening to us, the, the Daniel Energy, I highly recommend you subscribe to Daniel Energy Partners uh, Newsletters and anyway, we love Daniel. I could keep going on that. Yeah, but. no, and I've, I've, you know, John's, John started at Key. So, uh, you know, I started working with John back in 2005 and have known him forever. And uh, uh, no, 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 all the guys, Bill Austin, who's with John, worked at Key. Right. So John left and I hired Bill. Oh, really? So, so I feel some kind of uh, sponsorship. Kinship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so listen, we, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, we have another guest in the room, uh, Mr. Dirk Lee. He's, he's kind of watching us from afar. So uh, this is, this could be the best podcast we ever have, or it could be a complete train wreck. There's just so many people moving. And if, if, if I'm a part of it, it's going to be a complete train wreck. Well, so my reason for saying that is one of the things we've already, we're already off our program a little bit. We like to let people start with, you know, how did you get to this business? And um, how did you get to where you are as the CEO of Key Energy Services? You know, it's been a long path. So I'm a, I'm a native Houstonian, grew up in Houston, um, went to the University of Texas in Austin. And uh, somewhere along the way in school, um, I realized I had to get a job. And the best way to get a job at that point in time was to go into accounting. And so uh, I majored in accounting and uh, started my career at Arthur Anderson. Never wanted to be an accountant. Right. Uh, but uh, I found out I, I loved it because of the, the, the challenges and, uh, uh, you know, realized during that time that uh, I wasn't as smart as a lot of people, but I could outwork anybody. And so, uh, you know, that that that's what's really driven me along the way is, is just that that ability to uh, just grind it out, you know, figure it out. And so when uh, when Anderson. Uh, went down, I went to work for one of my clients, a company called Dynagy. And, uh, and then, you know, Dynagy blew up and it was a, it was a crazy time. Uh, and, uh, you know, once that settled, I got the, the opportunity to come to work at Key as the chief accounting officer. And Key at that time had, uh, was in the middle of a, a financial restate. And this was 2005 and they were trying to get the 2003 numbers out. So I, I came in and, you know, I was like, well, I can't be anything worse than what I had at, at Dynagy. And, I landed in it, and it was. Um, it, was a, it was a year and a half of commuting between Houston and Midland, um, but I really found a business that I loved. Um, it's a tough business. It's a very hard business. Dirk can attest to that. I mean, it's capital intensive. It's people intensive, but uh, the people make it a great business, 
and uh, really kind of got a passion for it um, from that. Um, so, real, just real quick, yeah. when you're saying the business, you mean the the, the, the well service business, yes, okay. the well service business. Uh, our, our largest uh, service offering is, is well service rigs, pulling units, you know, doing production work, um, some completion work today. That's the, 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 the majority of the business today. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was introduced to it when I first got to Kia and I, you know, a year and a half of commuting between Houston and Midland kind of got old on a personal level, but it was a great learning opportunity for me to, to be able to spend time, you know, out in uh, uh, Kermit and Ira Ann and travel around West Texas and, and sit down and listen to the guys doing the work and really learn about the business. You know, and I, I want to remember this point because we're going to come back to it in a second. You, or maybe I just jumped to it now. I remember, you know, when you, you took over the CE role now, key, one of your prerogatives was to go back to the field. Does, uh, did it come from that time of you yeah, traveling? Yeah, no, it, it came, came from really when I, when I first got introduced to the business and learning about the business and learning how the business worked. And I don't mean pulling rods and changing pumps. I, I don't really know that much. I can, I can fake it pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I've got a lot of great guys who work at Key who know downhole much better than me. Um, but the business, really, really why customers hire, you know, Key versus Dirk City and their axis, right? You know, what, what, what differentiates, what gives you the competitive advantage, and ultimately it's the people doing the work. And uh, when I, so I stopped somewhere in 2007 um, in my uh, journey with Key, um, I, I became the CFO in 2013. And within, uh, within a week of that, we had a, a large business in Mexico uh, that, you know, Pemex shut down. And so we went from $500 million a year in revenue to zero in like three months. And it was just a, a series of, uh, 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 I don't want to say catastrophes, but, but challenges along the way. And uh, learned a lot, saw a lot, and uh, moved into the CEO role uh, in December of 20, uh, 2019, um, right before another series of challenges yeah. and disasters and catastrophes <laughs> that we've all lived through in the past year. Um, but I knew at that time what I really needed to do was to get out. So right after I got the job, you know, I'd go to West Texas and be, be at the yard at a quarter to five in the morning with a box of donuts and just sat and talked to the guys and, and tried to understand the challenges they faced every day. You know, what, what were the barriers to success? What, 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 what were we as a company doing to either impede success or facilitate their success? And, uh, you know, then got after it in, in making the changes to allow us to, to thrive, right? You know, I don't know. I guess I obviously knew this, but you don't really put two and two together until you're a little bit further down the road. So you became the CEO in December of 19. So oh. you're thinking, this is, I've done it. Well, this it, is was, great. It, was, it, was, it was more fun than that because I was a CEO <laughs> and the CFO, and we were in the middle of a restructuring. So um, I, was, I was, you know, out in West Texas, and, and I'd get to the yard, you know, five o'clock in the morning, spend the first three, four hours with the guys, you know, everybody from the, the, the admin to the manager to the supervisors to the Derrickman I'd, I'd run into. Um, and I'd spend the afternoon and the night working on the restructuring, dealing with the guys in New York and our advisors and the lawyers. And it was, uh, it was, was crazy. Long days. Long days. And, uh, you know, we completed that. Um, I think it was the Friday before the world stopped turning um, in March of 2020. And before the world ended, apocalypse what were you communicating to them to the guys and the just girls out on the out? my goal my goal at key is to make key the place that everybody in the oil field wishes they could get a job because if 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 i have that um then i'm going to get the best 
the best people working for me and they're going to be happy and they're going to bring in their friends. And, and, you know, I've seen, I've seen the opposite at times. Uh, but really that that's my ultimate goal is, is to make it the place that everybody wishes they could get a job. Key was that years and years ago. Um, and, uh, I think we're pretty ba based on some recent successes. I think we're, we're, we're back, uh, back at the top of the game. You know, it's interesting in to hear what the goal was in January of 2020, for instance, and now we're February of 21. Um, I want to know what your leadership looked like through 20, because it's one thing to go in when things are good and be like, Hey guys, we're back. And this is what's going to happen versus when the world yeah, is when, 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 uh, um, Clay Williams was speaking, um, you know, he talked about managing in the oil field and, you know, it's either running up or running down and it's pretty easy to manage through those in, in a lot of ways because you know what to do. You're either hiring like crazy or you're, you know, letting people go like crazy. Uh, but to do that and really drive cultural change w was a challenge. And, uh, you know, w when you talk about uh, leadership and, and leadership in a CFO role, you know, you, you're not the one who can say, do this, right? Like, you don't have that direct authority. I mean, you do in your groups, mm -hmm. right? But I couldn't tell the, the, the guy running the rigs business, this is what you need to do. So a lot of that leadership is through uh, influence, right? Influence, and you, you, you can influence decisions. And, um, you know, I, I kind of believe that the, the best way to get people to, uh, to accomplish what you want is to have them buy into it, to make them think it's their own decision, right? And when you do that and you get buy-in, um, the results typically are great, um, not only because they own what they're trying to do, but they learn from it and they grow and they develop. And, uh, you know, that's it. No, it's, 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 it's music to my ears to hear that because it's, you know, having the, the, uh, the benefit of working with so many companies and getting to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a huge disconnect I see with a lot of companies about their people and their customers. And it sounds really simple, but your people are what ultimately drive results. Mm -hmm. And if they're not inspired, if they don't feel like they're part of a culture, if they don't, if they don't understand what you're trying to do and you're not helping them by giving them the tools necessary to do that, elevating them, um, you're going to struggle. Yeah. And, no, I mean, and your customers, they want, they don't want people that are uninspired showing up on location because those people, they drop stuff down the hole. They cause issues and accidents. It hurts your reputation. They, they, on the they, they, don't, they don't go the extra mile to yeah. help the customer. Yeah. But when, when they're <laughs> empowered, you know, it's funny. When, when I'd go out and, and talk, to, talk to folks, uh, you know, part of what I say, which is true, is my job is to facilitate your success, right? What do I need to do so that you can be successful? And they kind of sit back and like, I thought your job was to tell me what to do. I'm like, no, no. I, I sit in Houston, right? <laughs> I don't know what happens in Iran, right? So, so you have to do that, but I have to set you up for success. So tell me the barriers. Tell me what I need to do to facilitate that. Is it, is it uh, training? Is it capital? You know, what do we need to do here? Because that's where the business happens, right? The, there, there's, there's not a well-service rig running in Harris County, right? As a, as a publicly traded company, do you, do you, in, you know, board and investors and this, that, and the other, and if this is a question that we can't examine uh, for obvious reasons, obviously we can edit it out, but... When you talk to, to your broader team and your board about what you need to do, because I think it's critical to, to have people that are inspired, ready to go. And sometimes it's easy to say, yeah, we can cut their pay or we can cut benefits or we can cut training, we can cut this, that, and the other. Is that a, is, is that a, is that a difficult subject to, to broach with folks when you're, when you're looking at your various 
sources and uses of cash and the expenditures you have, whether yeah. it's people development or maintenance capex or yeah, whatever. you know, it, it, yes and no. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm a big believer that the business happens in the field, and that when you have a lot of central oversight over that, you're you're inefficient and, and you don't need the cost. So so we've you know since. Since the end of 2019, we've dropped our uh, overhead costs by 60%. Wow. And uh, we can double and triple from here. And, and, you know, yeah, there's a few odds and ends we'll need to add, but not much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my bigger, you know, we've, we've had, uh, you know, Key, Key's been through two restructurings. So sure. we've had, you know, two major ownership changes and, and board changes. Um, but, but all of those guys have been and gals have been, you know, very supportive and, and have been great to work with. Well, that's good to hear, because I think ultimately that's that's what that's what helps you thrive in a in a in a in a tough market, as well as a market that might might create some opportunity. Yeah, like I well, think the, we're going to see the, the the biggest challenge as I look ahead is 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 staying lean. Yeah, right. We've got to stay lean, and and I've seen it. You know, I've I've been in the oilfield services side for fifteen years now. I guess almost sixteen. And, you know, when, when times are good, companies tend to add and add and add and add costs and add costs. And uh, the challenge is going to be to keep those costs down and just generate cash flow. And, um, you know, some of it will get reinvested. Some of it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do something different with. But, um, you know, the, the remaining lean is an industry challenge, not, not unit to key. But, but we've yeah. all watched it. I mean, if you've been around long enough, you've, you've seen it. Yeah, we call that honky-tonky amnesia. You know, it's yeah. like a... Well, you, you remember the, the bumper stickers where you said, God, just give me $80 a barrel one more time, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I won't waste it, <laughs> yeah. right? Which we will. Yeah. Some the, of them will. The, the best bumper sticker I've, I've seen lately, and, and it's on the back of my Suburban, a, a good friend of mine, Marcella Burke, who's an attorney here in town. He worked for Zinke at the Department of Interior. She got this bumper sticker that says, uh, put on my Suburban specifically, it says, identify as a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So and, uh, I want to go back to something you said a second ago, because yeah. uh, I wrote this down. You were talking about having leadership from a CFO's position where mm -hmm. you have to lead by influence more so than just directive, right? Mm -hmm. And then a couple minutes later, you talked about how you go to the, the yards and you say, hey, here's what you guys could do. I'm not here to tell you what to do. do you, how do you think that that leadership development, if you, I don't know if that's the right word for you, translates to now your current leadership? Because it is... It doesn't sound, I don't know, dictatorship's not the exact word I would use, but certainly, you know, authoritarian from the top down, that's not the approach you're taking? It, it just depends, right? There, there are things where you say, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it this way, right? Um, but in, in, in other instances, you want to lead people along, right? It, it just depends, you know, you, 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 you clearly set the strategy, the directive, this is the end game. Um, in some cases, you let people figure out, how do I get from A to B, right? Because again, no one really grows and learns when they're told what to do, at, at least to me. I never did, right? Mm -hmm. Like growing up, growing up professionally, uh, when someone said, you know, very prescriptive, you're going to do this step, this step, this step, and this is what I want at the end, I didn't learn as much, and I didn't grow as much as like, okay, we're here, and go do this. Um, so, you know, I, I tend to find that's more my style, and then to, to you know, give them enough rein to figure it out themselves, but, but hold it tight enough to make sure you get to where you want to go. Okay. What are you guys, so you've come out of 21, or excuse me, coming out of 20. I can't wait to come out of 21. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel, I mean, how do you feel about 21? 
21 is going to be a good year. Um, this rel- is, this is on the record. Speaking. This is yeah. on the record. Let's get some numbers here. Not numbers. Yeah, no. No, what are you, what are you thinking here? What are no, you thinking I mean, look, the, the, the market's much better. Obviously, the macro is much better. Um, the world is much better. We've got vaccines. You know, um, many people have already had it. So we're coming out of this phase. And, and I'm a big believer that demand's going to continue to grow. Um, and with that, you're going to have higher, higher oil prices, which makes what we do much more economic. Um, and I think that the capital discipline on our customers, and, and I'm hopeful on the services side, stays in so, so that we can really get the business and the industry to, to decent economics. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, we're all capitalists, and it's one thing, and, and I've watched it at, at Key and other companies over time, is people get focused on EBITDA generation, EBITDA generation. Well, it's about a return, right? If I put a dollar in, I want that dollar back plus some. And, uh, you know, that's a mindset change that, that is, you know, super constructive and, and it feels like it's kind of sunk in all aspects of the industry. And, and with that, I think we've got, um, a good, good few years ahead of us. Okay. Well, do you think that's the industry's fault or do you think that's the financial engineers playing with things and, and getting people away from the, the fundamentals and the basics and the discipline where they're, you know, quoting EBITDA numbers as opposed to return on investment like you're talking about. I, I think it's all the above. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think we're all guilty of, of, of what the industry has done to itself. Sure. Um, but, you know, hopefully, like ERCOT learned last week, we yeah. can all, all move forward, right? right? And, 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 and uh, that's set things up for a much better future. So Key, you know, over the years has, has grown organically and via acquisition. And I know y'all y'all through some of the acquisitions and prior leadership, there were certain initiatives to implement a lot of technology and some of that didn't go very far. What are you guys doing besides um, kind of leading, I think, from the front, enabling and, and um, inspiring your folks to, to rise up to the level you need them to to perform for the business? What are y'all doing from a, a technology perspective to, to not only meet the needs of your customers, but also kind of go the extra mile and differentiate yourself from. Yeah. From some well, of well, you got one of my competitors staring at me, so <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you all the secrets. Um, well, but, he talked but, to, he talked a little bit about his stuff. I mean, yeah, it's no, all look, look sauce, you know, we, and, we, and just, we, just so you're aware this is going on the internet. Oh, yeah. really? You mean it's not just us in the room? <laughs> yes. yes. So, so, so no, so, so, so key actually was a leader from a technological perspective. We have a technology called KeyView, which um, predated core by damn near two decades. Um, and you know, it, it gathers data on what's going on. And, um, you know, there are a number of initiatives we have around that, around digital aspects that, um, you know, as we get into 2021 and have capital, um, and cash flow to, to do, we're going to pursue. Um, so that there's, there's, I've got a whole suite of, of things that, you know, once we get to a certain level of cash flow and we can reinvest in the business outside of reinvesting in training and people and, and those kind of things, um, but, but yeah, no, I'm trying to think a couple years down the road. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, really position key to, to succeed, you know, not just in 2021, but 2031, because our industry is not going away. Right. And, uh, you know, actually that, that's, that's one of the challenges we face today is, as we ramp back up, um, is a lot of the younger people are like, well, you're only gas, you know, that's, that's not going to be here. I can't make a career in that. Right. Wrong. And, and so. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing oil, right? And uh, it's going to be a long time before there's an electric car that, that can tow my boat for two hours and then stay out, you know, all day and then tow it back two hours. Right. Right. So, um, you know, we're going to be around for a long time. But a lot of the, the mentality out there, particularly with young people, 
is I don't want to go into oil and gas because it's not going to be around. Yeah. Now, is it going to be what it was a couple of years ago? I don't know. Who knows? But, um, you know, our industry is going to be here for a long time. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be what it was a couple of years ago, even, you know, and it, with the nostalgia that you're speaking of, right? I mean, this is, there's been some good things that are going to come out of this downturn. This energy transition was going to happen. Mm -hmm. This probably sped it up by a couple of years. But the transition has been happening since the beginning of time. We, and we, that's the one that's thing a good that point. I think yeah, that's, no, it's, it's, that, that's the, there, there's, uh, you may have to edit, edit this out. But, but I kind of see this, this thing that I kind of think of as, as the conceit of humanity, right? Which is, you know, oh, this is going to happen, right? And we don't really think through the longer-term implications. We, we live in our own little bubble in our moment, right? And, and we don't really think through the big, long logistical challenges, you know? I mean, I think we're in for generational-type changes, yep. right? But, but not in the next couple of years. No. But the, the amazing thing, though, is, is if you look at the industry, the progression that occurs and and I don't think there's any better industry than the people in it and the, in, the intelligence that exists within the industry that can that are going to continue to um, make improvements and there are multifaceted benefits that come out of that you know oh, yeah from an environment perspective from a cost perspective and making you more efficient and doing things better and and I think that's that's largely lost on a lot of people because it's so misunderstood and we don't necessarily do a very good job yeah, as a whole. No, I mean, the, 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 one of the one of the problems is people have kind of pegged environmentalism as solely climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the one box that it fits in. But I consider myself a pretty staunch environmentalist, right? right. Like like you, I spend more time off of pavement off of pavement than on pavement. Right? Sure. I, I I care deeply about the environment we live in, and I think most people in this industry do as well. And yeah. uh, you know, we want to do the right things, and, and I'm confident that, that we will. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're right back to the show. Prang & Associates, the global energy search leader. Prang & Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3,600 engagements. For more information, please visit prang.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in-basin research you can trust, a leading provider of U.S. oil field research known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach, as well as its famous barbecue events. Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oil field professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for more information. Galtway Marketing. Answer this question, what makes your company different? You have seven seconds to catch a customer's attention. Galtway Marketing can build your brand and craft your message for maximum impact across all your marketing efforts. Visit galtwaymarketing.com slash 0360 to bring your company into the 21st century. Thank you to our sponsors. And now back to the show. Yeah, I agree. We've, uh, I mean, that's the whole reason this podcast was started. David and I, and not just, we did, you know, invent the idea of it, but we have not done a good job as an industry telling our story. Uh, we are getting better. We've watched today, again, just this, the timing of this is excellent. The Thrive Energy Conference is built around uh, just being the best you can be. If, again, going back to, if you made it through 2020, then you are in a, you're in a different spot. You've got, that's, that, that's more uh, water, people, that you hear in the background on both the... <laughs> this is great. 
but, you know, just for example, I mean, you know, if you can see us, we have one of your competitors slash mm-hmm. friends in the room, the guy who did the introduction, competitor slash friend. Um, you have, Good point. Yeah, I mean, everybody, nobody's trying to kill each other. Everyone's trying to, to do the best they can for their, you know, shareholders and companies. At the same exact time, hearing the exact same message of let's be the best we can possibly be for, you know, not only ourselves, our companies, our children, et cetera. We just have to, one of the things that, um, that we wrote an email on behalf of Oilfield 360 to some, some of our government leaders saying, hey, I don't know if you're ever going to find a more willing audience to talk mm-hmm. than, than from oil and gas perspective than you are right at this time. You have a lot of millennials or, I mean, just for the record, a millennial could be 38 years old. We act like these kids are 21 <laughs> years old. I mean, you're talking, these are people into their, well into their careers now yeah. that can make changes that want change and I just feel like I feel like this conversation we're having it's becoming so natural, and and there's no well, not putting up the walls anymore. What I what I really hope that we can do not not just as an industry but but it, but as a people as a nation is have a rational discussion, yeah. right? And talk rationally about. Good luck with that. I know, I know, and, and that's what's so disappointing, right? Is 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 you know no one wants dirty air, no one wants to pollute. Did you right? hear the uh, Dan Crenshaw uh, podcast? Which one? You did two. Oh, well, yeah. nice. Nice. <laughs> Paying attention, Dirk. I've, I've only heard one. <laughs> okay, so we just had him on earlier this year. And one of the questions we asked him was, you know, why do people think oil and gas don't want clean air, clean water, clean, et cetera? And he said, it's almost like a religion that you, mm-hmm. you must hate oil and gas. And, and that's just, we really have to break that. And if, if it's guys like you, guys like Dirk, Josh, and David, everybody that we have on, uh, I mean, we're going to do our part. We're going to tell, you know, I've always said about this entire thing, like if people knew, going back to, I, I almost wanted to, I could, I could talk about you going out to the fields for the entire show. Because you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. privately. And, you know, I had tons of questions about how did you do it? Why did you do it? Did you go through social media? Did you do this X, Y, Z? And it's because, you know, you and I, have, I'm, I'm a, by the way, folks, if you're listening to this, Marshall Dotson, if you can ever get 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour with him, you, you're going to love him. He is one of the most down-to-earth CEOs you will ever meet. It is incredible, and I'm, I'm not trying to you know, fluff you up here because you're doing our show, but, <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I, I do feel that way about you, and I, I think that if people could know, get to know the inner workings of you and your company, and then again, Dirk, you're good timing here. Dirk's in the room, and we, but if you go back and listen to the Dirk Lee podcast, same thing. It's all about people. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you, They I, need to know these people. I, I, have, a, I have a bad problem when, when I'm speaking is I'll go off on tangents, and so I'm going to go off on a slight tangent. Welcome, um, to, welcome to David and I's yeah, life. So, 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 so back when, uh, back when investors cared about our industry, I used to have to go to New York a lot. And I, I would always try to do it in a way to parlay that trip with a trip for my wife, right? So we would go up, you know, on Friday and spend the weekend in New York and I'd do meetings on Monday and she would uh, go and have fun. And one of those weekends, um, she wanted to go visit, visit a, a farm she'd been watching on TV in, in upstate New York. So actually rented a car, drove through the city, and, and that was terrifying. Um, but we got up there, and, and we got into this little town in upstate New York in, in the middle of the night. Well, it was, it was it's New York in the falls. So it was probably like 6, Three, six yeah, o'clock. 3.30. Right? Um, so, so everything was dark, and, and we go in, and uh, I'm talking to, we're staying in a little B&B. It's like an amazing, historic, you know, 1700 house or whatever. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in the foyer, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the guy who's running it and, you know, I'm looking down and, and next to me is, is a, is a, uh, I'll, I forget the, what you call the piece of furniture, but, but you know, like a table 
and it's covered with anti-fracking, anti-oil and gas pamphlets, signs, you name it. I mean, it's, you know, five feet long and it's covered in different kinds of anti-oil and gas materials. And so at Key at the time had, had a, uh, a pumping business, so, so we did fracking. And uh, he's, he's like, oh, you're from Houston, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? And I was like, that. <laughs> um, but we had a great conversation. And at the end of it, he, he's, he's like, yeah, no, okay, I, I get it. Right, but, but I'm still it, gonna leave my pamphlets up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but but he understood <laughs> the, the benefits of the industry and what we were, what we what we brought to to the world and to people, and and that it wasn't a horrible thing, you know. And 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 the the industry actively this this is not the oil field of 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? This this is an oil field that does everything it can to not leave an impact on the ground. Correct. And uh, you know he he. His mind was focused on the, the pictures that he saw from, you know, the oil field in, in, in the 60s or the 70s, yeah. right? And, and that's not today. Well, but the media is still telling that story. Right. Yeah, but, I, you know, I don't think people knew any better, and people certainly know better now. I mean, it's like so many other things, you know, people driving around with no seatbelts on their kids and parents smoking, you know, in, in the cars and on their airplanes. No, like, we climb, don't do that anymore. I used to climb all over the car, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, I used exactly. to like to get in the back and, yeah. and get like right underneath the window and lay across in, in, the, in the old Buick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a great place to yeah. sleep. And then, and then, you know, the old station wagon seats where the... Oh, the tailgunner spot? Yeah, the yeah. tailgunner spot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's where you'd throw pennies at the cars behind you? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. But oh, man. I never did that. No. No, no, no. That was friends of mine. That's you. you have, but but I think I think one thing you touched on, Josh, and it's kind of cool. And and one of the reasons I love uh, the industry so much in the oil field, in particular, is you know it has taken me literally around the globe, and I know people all over the place, and we can tie back to various companies and this, that, and the other. And and even though you know you are fierce competitors when you're on the field, you know when we all get together, it's great. Yeah. I mean, and it's amazing. You know, Dirk's here. As Aaron Marquez was here earlier, I mean, and, and the reality is there is a lot of business to go around, although as Cody Ortowski likes to say, and I, I like to borrow that line too sometimes, is I'm like the old farmer, I don't want all the land, just all the land that touches mine. So right. there's a little bit of that. But uh, w with all that being said, I mean, given the kind of the market dynamics that we have right now and, and maybe the way they're going to trend, there was a lot of talk around <clears throat> consolidation. You know, John, everybody's been talking about calling for consolidation. And, and I think there was some hope in some regard that it would be a little bit more painful for some others where, where that would make the, the opportunity to, to bring companies together and do that. What do you think about that opportunity now? Do you think that it's going to pump this, this kind of uptick possibly is going to pump some life back into some, some folks that, uh, that make that a little bit harder discussion or. You know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, uh, I guess the way I, I, I uh, first started saying it is, is consolidations needed and, you know, key and we will benefit whether we participate in it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are, there are challenges to doing it that are, uh, you know, you, you, we, we could, we could spend an hour talking about, sure. you know, all of the challenges um, to making something like that happen. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, we're better off. I mean, there, there's too many GNA structures, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just, uh, Ultimately, we need to bring capital back to our space. We need sure. to be investable, and and to do that, you know, you you, you probably need fewer companies to invest in. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, if you would ask me in in 
2015 or 2016, I'd say, yeah, 2017 is going to be the year, right? Or, or 2020 is going to be the year. I mean, who knows? I mean, we've sure. seen, we've 2020 seen was going to be the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> when it was January and February were fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, we've, we've seen, uh, but, but we've seen a lot of consolidation. We've, we've sure. seen a lot of different, uh, different companies, both upstream and downstream. And I think one of the, one of the things on, on the, the consolidation upstream that benefits us is usually as NP companies get larger, they want a larger service provider and, sure. and, and that, that, that helps us. But again, as an industry, we're going to have to do that to, to service these, uh, these, uh, um, customers. Of ours. Are you noticing more demand for other services that in, in March of 21 that you weren't seeing in March of 20? Uh, are you yeah. being asked to do more already, or is that taking effect? Most of our business is is on the production side, right? So, so changing rods, changing pumps, you know, cleanouts, that kind of thing, um, and so that that's picked up a lot. Um, but the, uh, the 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 services we do have been pretty consistent forever. Well, let me ask: When you say it's picked up a lot, what's the time frame? So we are just so everybody knows we're basically at the end of February, early March, right now when this recording is taking place of twenty one. When did your pickup start? Is it the last? Week, six weeks, eight months, or no? It, it goes back. I mean, our low point was in May of 2020, and it was kind of slowly picking up. Um, we had a nice uh, leg up in August, but really, kind of November, December. As you moved in, as you began to move into 2021, we started to see a lot more demand for what we do, and uh, uh, it's just been picking up and growing ever since. Okay. And um, so, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no. I think for for the benefit of our audience, you, you guys. You guys are, are kind of like the plumbers. You keep things going. And uh, just as we experienced in Houston last week, that was a challenge. But so for our listeners that aren't very familiar with the business, they're not, y'all are not really attached to the drilling yeah, so, completion so, side so, of the so, business. So, You're so when, things going. Yeah, when I, when I think of the industry, right, you've, you've got the drilling side, you know, and, and you've got the completion side. And then once that well is completed and on production, you know, almost every oil well in the United States is on some form of artificial lift, right? Sure. And so it's mechanical, so it needs regular maintenance. Um, in addition, you know, the, the wells fill up with, uh, with, with, with sand, with paraffin. They need to be cleaned out. And so, you know, the bulk of our business is geared around keeping that production up. So as, so as I look out over the next couple of years with, with the oil price, you know, right now is, what, 63? Um, you know, that, it makes sense to fix and keep up a lot of wells at that price, um, and if you're looking to keep your production up, the last thing you want is for existing wells to go down. Right. And so the, uh, the, the, the wells that we're working on, it's about keeping production up. There was a, uh, a, a couple, you know, during the go-go days of shale, um, you know, my, my, the way I, an, an, an uh, analogy to it was, yeah, there, there are, there are people who have so much money that when they need new car, new tires for their car, they just buy a new car, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what we experienced, right? right? Like, I need new tires. I'm just going to buy a new car. Um, but those days are gone. And so, you know, my business is replacing the tires and keeping that car going for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, Perhaps 30 selling years. used tires. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing, you know, having exposure to some operator clients as well as service clients, and, you know, our firm's been fortunate enough to work with you guys for a number of years and specifically with you. You know, one of the interesting things I've seen in a trend from the operators they're certainly talking about it more. They, you know, they're looking for efficient, consistent, mm -hmm. you know, uh, service partners that can get in there, do the job, not break down, have people that are competent, get in, get out. And, you know, you, you certainly saw the drilling and completion dollars shift to focusing on their existing production mm -hmm. and making sure that's going. And I think that trend will, will continue. But y'all's business is kind of interesting in that 
you know, it may not be the sexiest thing when you're talking about, you know, drilling and frack, uh, where there's maybe a little bit more margin. Y'all are, y'all potentially are consistently busier more yeah. often than not. Yeah, no, I mean, is, it's, it's, uh, it's a very <clears throat> consistent business. Um, you know, we have, we have rigs that have been working, you know, for the same customer for 15, 20 years in the same field, same guys. So for, you know, investors that are potentially think looking at your space, I think what you guys have the ability to offer investors provided you have the discipline maintained in the business and, and you've got a good culture and you've got good equipment <clears throat> is you've got the ability to provide steady returns mm-hmm. and, and, and potentially pick up additional work, yeah. but you don't have necessarily the, the, I mean, the we're, spikes. We're, you... we're still in the oil field, right? Yeah, like yeah, we, yeah, we go yeah, up yeah. and we go down. Believe me. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that, that I've always liked about the well service business as opposed to some of the others and, and, and over the course of time, you know, we've had, pumping we we've we've had wireline we've had a number of other, other things but it's one of the one of the great and bad things about the industry is is our service rigs don't require a lot of capital right, right. like they'll go 20 years and they need certain things every 10 every 5 every 10 years so you can throw off a lot of cash when when the business is good flip side of that is the assets don't leave the industry very much right. um and and so key has has you know has been for for the longest time the largest uh well, service company, um, and we've cut up uh, hundreds and thousands of rigs over the past couple of years. Last year, we cut up almost 200 rigs, right? So, so we're rationalizing that fleet to try to get it down to the to the right place. But, but the problem is the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the assets don't wear out. It's not as many moving pieces as a frack pump, and you don't have fluid ins you have to rebuy and all that kind of thing. Sure. I think that's that's a good point. So how are we doing on time, Josh? Oh, man, listen, what's funny, I don't know if these people can hear, the, if the audience can hear how many times this door's opened. Yeah, <laughs> there, there have been quite a few people coming into the Galtway suite. Yes, I, I will say that. It is, a, it is an active they, conference. They, they need to know that Fletch, there's more Fletcher Azul next door. Next door, yeah. that's where yeah. I wish we, we should. We have a speaker somewhere. Yeah. There it is. We should have put that out. To we can all. just put a sign that says yeah. Fletcher Azul that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been, uh, it, it really has been a great couple of days here. I, I want to touch on one thing before we yeah. jump out of here, because... Again, you, I, I look at you as a guy that, uh, you know, obviously you're smart. That, that, that is without, goes without saying. Um, but the hard work, the people, the guy or the girl that's never going to get an hour with you, I, I would love to know the secret of the success on that. Like, where, where does that come from? Uh, I, it's kind of weird to think of myself as successful. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I said that's because your head's down working. Quite, I don't mean to. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm usually the first person in and the last person to leave, and and I, I'll never hold anybody to that standard, right? It, it took years for my wife to convince me that leaving the office at seven o'clock at night was not leaving early, right? <laughs> like, like that, 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 that was a hard lesson for me to learn, right? But she finally convinced me that that's the right way to look at it. That you, you can, you can leave early. Um, but I, I think. I think two things. I, I think one, one of the mistakes that, that I've made that, that I've told my, my own children um, is look at the job you take, not just for that job, but as an investment, right? Like look at the prospects of that company, that, that business, you know, is, is that where you want to, if you were investing dollars, would you do that, right? Because I've always gravitated towards the harder challenges professionally, right? And so... Um, I think thinking about a job, not just as a job and the challenges of the job and getting paid, but as, as an investor would look at it and would I invest in this company, right, um, would be one of the things that, that I would say. And I, I will say, you know, you asked me to do this like two, two, two hours ago, so I don't have a lot of 
Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've asked you to do this I know. months ago. But, well, <laughs> but you caught me. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, th- <laughs> but, I th- more. <laughs> but I think one of the things that you said earlier, which kind of ties into what you were saying, and I think where Josh was going, is is uh, the work ethic and you know the 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 willingness and determination to work hard. You know, just outwork yeah, everybody. No, it was uh, when I when I first started Arthur Anderson, uh, which for some of your listeners probably didn't even know what that company was, but it was it was a public <laughs> accounting firm. Um, great firm. You know, the, 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 the first time we came in, they sat us in the room. There was like 40 of us. And uh, they were like, two of y'all will make partner. And I was like, game on. Right? Like, you know, that's my challenge. I'm going to do that. Um, unfortunately, it, got, it went away before I had the opportunity for that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's that challenge. It's that drive. Um, you know, I want to I, I be the best. And I want to make the best out of everybody around me. Um, you know, what really motivates me is, uh, is a passion for our people. And to create a place where, where, where people can, can have a career, you know, there, there's a, we've got some phenomenal people in our industry. Not, not the leadership that's here, but, I mean, the, the, the guys right now who, who get to work at, what, 4.30 in the morning, right? And they, and they go home at 11 o'clock at night, and they work hard grind. that grind. whole time. They grind, right? And, and if I can have half the work ethic those guys do, then, then I think I can succeed. Did, did it come from your dad, your mom? I mean, yeah, no, my dad was. He was uh, a grinder? Yeah, he was a grinder. Yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about when you, you walk in the room and there's 40 people there and you're like, that's me. I'm going to yeah. be a partner. My uncle has a funny story. He said, uh, what, was, what was the Mayor White? What was his first name? Bill White? Bill, Bill White. White. Yeah, 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 so he was. Great oil field investor, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, smart guy. Yeah. Very smart. Attorney as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, my uncle's an attorney and he said, uh, you know, I go, to, I go to my first day of law school and the first class and teacher asks something and he says, all of a sudden this guy raises his hand and gives this phenomenal answer. My uncle's like, oh my God, I'm dead. And he says, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. And he says, it turns out it was Bill White. Yeah. So, you know, like just greatness is great early, right? The yeah, whole time, no, you, so. you, you, you know. But surround yourself with those people it, if, exactly. if you don't match up to them and have the ability to, you know, well, you know bring I, them around you. LinkedIn, uh, we're, you know, we're big on LinkedIn. Check out our Oilfield 360 LinkedIn page. See how good I am at this? Yeah, no, just you, you, you've got it down. Throw that in. How, just, how, many, how many podcasts have you done, by the way? Because this is my first. Yes, it is. We've, we've published about 35 or 40. Jonathan would know that. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. We've done a lot more. We, early on, we were just. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me just cut in here real quick. So what y'all don't know before, you know, Josh has been very busy. He wears lots of hats, but. But you don't know, because sometimes it wouldn't get published, sometimes it would, some of y'all saw it is, Josh would sit in the room and just talk to himself. <laughs> I mean, he I, loves... I, I, I can't imagine. No, 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 I know. It's hard to believe. I mean... I'm kind of surprised y'all even have guests. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really... I wish this... I could just... I need you guys to leave. <laughs> I'll finish us off. <laughs> so, no, I, you know... <laughs> where am I going with this? <laughs> He's not wrong. I, uh, what I would do, I used to take... What really would happen, this is a true story... Um, when I, would, when I was a sales guy and I would have to drive to Louisiana or, or down south and I'd have four or five hours alone, that's when I would fix whether if I had a problem with my phone bill or a problem with whatever bill. I learned that if you called, if you called AT&T, they can't hang up on you. So I would just call and say, hey, my bill's too high. And I'd spend an hour on the phone with this guy. And they were like, is that all, sir? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's, and I would just keep this guy or girl on the phone forever. And finally, like, well, hang on. Let me transfer you to my – and I just worked my way up the chain. And I ended up with the lowest cell phone bill of anybody. And I would end it when I was pulling into my client's house. I was like, all right, thank you very much. And hang up the phone. And I was like, well, that was the best two hours I talked to myself the whole yeah. time. Got a monthly reduction. So well, Now I just listen to uh, Oilfield 360 podcasts when I'm driving. Oh, so. this is, this is my kind of thing. I like it. 
I, I brought up LinkedIn for some reason. Oh, back in, you know, talking about being around, you know, those 40 people in the room or Mayor Bill White or whatever it is. It is, you know, and I, I challenge the entire audience to, to do this because go find the best, your best competitor. Look what they're doing. Go find what, uh, you know, the best person at your company is doing and pay attention to them. It's, it really is the little things. It is the 7 a.m. I mean, look, you can't, doesn't make you the best worker if you're there at 7 a.m., but that buys you maybe an hour and a half, two hours extra mm-hmm. time to get something done, and you might run into your boss. That's- yeah, no, I, I, I will say, though, I, I, uh, I tend to, I realized years ago that, that I, I can't control the back end of my day, but I can control the morning. So, you know, it's, it's walk the dogs, it's run, and then go into the office. Uh, but I may be there until, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. You know, that, a good point. that is a great point, actually, because yeah. when you, you know, at some point, you're, you're an ambassador for the company as mm-hmm. much as you are leading it. And your days are probably, oh, just like today, you didn't anticipate doing no, this today. but not it, at all. Yeah. Your days get away from you, whether it's for good or for whatever. Um, so, yeah, definitely, audience, utilize the mornings. The mornings are important. A lot can get done to center yourself. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far into it, but it really is a key to success is yeah, no, taking that, care that, of those that's, early mornings. That's that, what I do right after, you know, first of all, you know, getting out of bed is the hardest part. What time do you get out of bed? Five, maybe. So Sometimes four thirty. Getting soft there. Well, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up at three today. There we uh, go. An hour. But I did. I did sleep for another hour, so it was four thirty. There I t- you go. I, yeah. I, I wake up early, but I tell you, the other day, I guess it was uh, what day is it today? Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. <laughs> I shot up Monday morning at about two a.m. in the morning. My wife's like, "What is going on?" I said, "Darling, what is our username and password to our center point deal? <laughs> like, do we have a fixed rate?" Because, yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking we've had, we've had 50 or so people come through the house, you know, and we've got the generator running and this, that, and the other, and we're housing people, coffee and showering, you know, and everybody's like, this is great. And I'm going, oh my God, I'm going to have a $200,000 gas bill. I'm like, cut off the auto pay. I want to see the bill before it just like sucks it out of my account. Yeah. That's, that's in Houston. Your, your natural gas bill is usually the smallest one. Yeah. Right? That, that's not going to be the case this month. I oh, guarantee that. Funny. That is funny. Well, listen, we, uh, we could keep going, but we know you got to get moving. This conference is great. There's a live panel going on behind us. David and I are actually hosting one this afternoon at three. I, uh, I, I'm actually more scared of that than I am of this. This is fun. There's no Jonathan during the live panel well, but but just remember you know more about what you're talking about than anybody else and oh. those kind of things are good oh, don't make his head that big <laughs> we won't be able to get him out of here to get downstairs to do it well he's just got to get some Fletcher Azul right yeah no listen I'm a, everyone's trying to give me some I'm avoiding them so we do have one question we ask every guest and yeah. you have no time to well you've listened to them you know do you know the question no okay <laughs> so that means you're not listening all the way through well, these podcasts I need you to continue on so it it is if you could give one piece of advice or pearl of wisdom to young Marshall or young person X out there, uh, what would you pass to them um, that you, that's something you live by or a credo you live by? So uh, a young me, I would say something that has nothing to do with work, which is, you know, my, my kids now, uh, I have a daughter, Bailey, who's, who's 22, a son, Barrett, who's 19, and a son, Ben, who's 17, right? They're long past the time of enjoying being with their parents. But I, but I vividly remember when they were, you know, babies or one or two. And uh, I didn't savor that time enough, right? Like as a parent, you're, you're, you're just pulling your hair out, trying to get them to go to sleep, trying to get them to eat, trying to get them to not, you know, right over the wall in Sharpies, right? <laughs> but, but, which they did. Um, 
and you can you can get rid of that with the right kind of paint. Um, but but I didn't savor that enough, right? Like if if I could go back and be in that moment and just enjoy that. So it has nothing to do with work or anything else. But if but if there was one other piece of advice I could give my, give to myself when I was you know 20 years old, that would be it. All right. That's a good one. That's, That's a good advice. one. Now you, David, still have a baby. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, I had a phone call with Josh early this morning. I was a little jacked up, and, <laughs> and uh, there, there were some other things going on in your work life and kind of jacked up. And my wife's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, no, you're not. And anyways, you know, I've got my little boy, Everest. He's 16 months old, and, man, it just, you know. That goes so isn't fast. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You'll, but, be buying, you'll be buying him a car tomorrow, Yeah. right? But but you know just seeing them and holding them you know and and you know him you know holding on to you I mean to your point it's it's uh it's awesome and 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 uh, that same advice has been has been shared with me by a number of people and I have the the fortune of this crow's nest advantage because I'm a older parent as opposed to you know a lot of my contemporaries that had children much younger and. Uh, you know, been very fortunate with COVID uh, and some of the events that uh, that have happened, where I get to spend more time with a child. Where you know, people that know me know that that would not necessarily happen if. Yeah. if so it's been a real blessing, and and I tell you, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a it's it's invaluable. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Because they 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 grow up fast. Is he? Wa- I'm sure he's walking now, right? Dude, he is walking. Is he all over the place? Kind of running too. <laughs> Did he get a little haircut? You yeah, got a haircut. Yeah, I get, I get, you know, the COVID deal. His hair's getting long, and Mama didn't take him to get his haircut. And I'm like, <laughs> has he got I'm, his beard yet? Like, no, his not not yet. But I, but I did give, tried to give him a haircut, and he moved on me the other day, and I just absolutely butchered his hair. I felt <laughs> awful, and uh, I was in the doghouse with Claire for quite a few years. <laughs> or, yeah, I sent Dirk a picture of of him. And uh, he's like, man, you're in trouble. I go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. It wasn't like a bowl cut. It was like one of these cuts that goes, it was like a inverted lunar looking <laughs> deal. <laughs> he looked like the dude from uh, uh, like, uh, Dumb and Dumber, yeah. uh, uh, whatever that guy was. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, well, I digress. Well, this is great. Appreciate you having me on. And, and we really on. have. We've been after you for a while, and I know you're busy, and uh, I w- we want to have you back on too. I- I'm really curious to know. More and more, how the culture development's going because I know yeah. you're working very hard at that. That's so. a, you know, our, my my thing is is safety, 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 safety. I, I don't want to, I don't want anybody anybody hurt. Good. And and really driving the organizational behavior changes to get there is is you know the main focus. Okay, I love it. Is there uh, what website can people go uh, to? Keyenergy.com. Keyenergy.com. Okay, uh, I can say www.keyenergy.com. <laughs> <laughs> David, do you have anything you want to end with here? No, I'm just glad you said www. Josh always makes fun of me. It dates us, you know. Apparently, we're not. We don't have to say www anymore, but uh, I still do. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you don't. You don't. You just. I still to... type it. Yeah. I still type you, it. You don't talk into your phone. Oh gosh, no, no, no. I guess I occasionally. Man, do. you just one up, Josh. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's. <laughs> I like well, technology, technology too. I, I just. I had to buy a new car this year. I had. A, I had an older car, and it. It finally died. So I bought a new one, and I can just talk to the car. Yeah, no, it's crazy. They're crazy. Well, don't tell Josh what kind of car that was. That that that, that car will have enough. You'll wear it out if you can just talk to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Self-record podcast on the yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, that is gonna wrap us up from the Thrive Energy Conference. We are uh, just happy to be here. Thank you to John Daniel and the Daniel Energy team for allowing Oilfield 360 to be the media partner for the show. 
Um, per the usual, if you have any complaints, please send those to david at oilfield360.com. And if you have anything that was great, want to tell me hello or anything good, <laughs> send to josh at oilfield360.com. Uh, Jonathan, how do we do today, buddy? We got thumbs up back there. Jonathan's the best. This guy is. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's just, he saves us. He puts up with us. I don't know why. I mean, he's awesome. Well, you pay him. Yeah, well, yeah, but <laughs> I don't even know if we could pay him enough, no, honestly. He, so, yeah, he's an Aggie. Oh. He, and he's a very sharp guy. But what's good about him is he, he knows that we are, we can get ourselves in trouble. So he's like, hey, I deleted this. I did this. I'm like, Jonathan, thank you so much. This is perfect. <laughs> so he, he is the protector of the brand. And him and Victoria should be listening to this as well. So, all right. So Dirk's in the room. You have to challenge. You're going to have to put this out through the Key Energy Services, uh, you know, LinkedIn, social media, because Dirk dominated. He shot up the ranks with, yeah. his, with, yeah, with his promotion. So we're putting this challenge against you. So right. you got to. We'll, we'll find a way. I'll hire Gotway to help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, again, that wraps us up. Great job, everybody. Thanks for this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, look us up. All the social media channels, oilfield360.com or media in general. Uh, that's it. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. This episode of the Oilfield 360 podcast was brought to you by the following companies. EIV Capital, a growth equity-focused private equity firm which has been providing capital to the North American energy industry since 2009. The team has extensive experience across the entire energy value chain. We invite you to visit eivcapital.com and learn how we partner with entrepreneurs to build businesses. Merit Advisors, crafting holistic tax solutions to improve your cash flow and add profit back to your bottom line. When it comes to state and local taxes, Merit is the expert in the oil and gas industry. Visit MeritAdvisor.com. World Oil. For more than 103 years, World Oil has provided global decision makers with coverage of the latest market intelligence and technological advances relating to the upstream oil and gas industry. To subscribe and learn more about these essential resources, please visit WorldOil.com slash subscribe. Thank you to our sponsors. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, SimmonsPSC.com, Lockton Global Energy and Marine, Lockton.com, Tomahawk Safety, TomahawkSafety.com, Prang and Associates, Prang.com, Daniel Energy Partners, DanielEP.com, EIV Capital, EIVCapital.com, Galtway Marketing, GaltwayMarketing.com, Range Valuation Services, rangevaluationservices.com Merit Advisors meritadvisor.com World Oil worldoil.com Fletcher Azul Tequila fletcherazultequila.com For more information on today's guest and to learn more about our sponsors please follow us on LinkedIn Instagram or at oilfield360.com Piper Sandler Companies, NYSC PIPR, is a leading investment bank and institutional securities firm driven to help clients realize the power of partnership. Securities brokerage and investment banking services are offered in the U.S. through Piper Sandler & Company, member SIPC and FINRA, in Europe through Piper Sandler Limited, authorized and regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission. Asset management products and services are offered through four separate investment advisory affiliates, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC-registered Piper Sandler Investment Management, LLC, PJC Capital Partners, LLC, and Piper Sandler and Company and Guernsey-based Parallel General Partners Limited, authorized and regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, are the energy specialists of Piper Sandler.